As America reels from the worst drug epidemic in our nation's history, around 100,000 overdose deaths last year alone, up 29% in just a single year, President Biden has unveiled his plan to stop the carnage. And the plan is to give free crack pipes to drug addicts. This public health strategy may seem counterintuitive, but the Biden administration insists that the federally subsidized crack pipes will reduce harm and advance racial equity. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? Back during the Trump years, I used to complain when Ivanka Trump would influence her father's policies. Trump's children would nudge him to push for paternity leave and criminal justice reform, and that was bad enough. But little did I know how I would long for those days once Hunter Biden had the ear of the president. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Alex Shinprod, who uh, points out from this interview with uh, Governor Phil Murphy, Democrat in New Jersey, Governor Murphy, is there scientific evidence that removing mask mandates will work? Well, Jake, political scientists have measured that my favorability rating will go up 6.8% by removing the mask mandate. That's true. That is the only science that is being followed on the masks, on the vaccine mandates, on the whole darn thing. There are people right now who are, they're just trying to measure public opinion and they're trying to present their political agenda as though it were the science, capital T, capital S. One way they do it is they collect a lot of data on you. When you want to keep your data to yourself, I would recommend you check out ExpressVPN. If you're listening to this show, some of you probably check out some things on the internet that you don't want people to find out about. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about those websites that may be, you know, I'm talking about like dailywire.com. That can get you in a lot of trouble. Now, you're probably thinking, well, why don't you just use incognito mode? Let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Say, delete Michael Knowles show. Delete Speechless at Amazon. Delete. No, you can't. Your internet service provider will still see every single website you've ever visited, which is why even when I'm at home, I always use ExpressVPN on my computer and on my phone. I've got it. It's right there. It's super easy to turn on with the click of a button. Doesn't matter who your ISP is in the U.S. Uh, they can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP cannot see the sites that you're visiting. Protect your online activity today with the number one rated VPN that's number one rated by Business Insider. Visit this exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash Knowles. You get an extra three months for free on a one-year package. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Knowles. Expressvpn.com slash Knowles. Head on over there to learn more. This is what they believe. I, I thought this crack pipe story was just being exaggerated. It's not. This is, this is Joe Biden's plan to tackle drugs. Is, he's got all sorts of uh, new federal goodies that he's going to give out. Money for certain treatments, money for certain facilities, money for this, and money for that, money for the other thing, and money for crack pipes, for safe smoking kits is what they're called. The, the logic here is if, if someone really wants some crack, then the most compassionate thing to do for that person is to give them the crack. This is the same logic behind if someone is sexually confused, 
the best thing to do for that person is to mutilate that person. It's the same logic behind if a person wants to commit crimes, if a person wants to say rob a store, then the best thing to do is just give them space to rob the store. Open up the Gucci outlet, let them go in, take whatever bags they want. That's going to let them blow off a little steam and that will somehow stop crime. That will somehow restore order. The logic is whenever there is a social pathology, you indulge it. And by indulging it, that will make things better. You never repress it. Repression is really, really bad. You're not allowed to repress your desire for drugs or weird sex stuff or thievery or any of the other things. Obviously, it's completely backwards, but that's been the dominant view from our elite institutions for decades now. And you're seeing the effects of this. There's a video going around TikTok. Uh, every time I say that, every, I, I just, I, I myself get a little chill up my spine. It, nothing good generally goes around TikTok. There's a video of a sexually confused man who I, who I guess identifies as a woman who now claims that if you, not only do we need to indulge his delusions, not only do we need to indulge the crack addict and give him pipes, not only do we need to indulge the thief and give him Gucci bags, not only do we need to indulge the sexually confused guy and pretend that he's a woman, but if we do not actively participate in that, if we do not sleep with the sexually confused guy, we are bigots. So if the only reason you don't want to date someone boils down to the fact that they're trans, that's transphobia right there. Let's go over a couple of situations. So if you don't want to date a trans one because you want kids, well, you better be keeping that same attitude with cis women who are infertile, or that's transphobia. If you don't want to date a trans woman because you're not attracted to trans women, I would absolutely love to know how you're able to identify correctly who is a trans woman on site 100% of the time because that is just impressive. I wish I had that ability. I'd love to be able to have even more trans solidarity. And then also just... Being super straight is the all lives matter of sexualities. It's not a real sexuality. It literally is just something that's made up to make fun of trans people and to hate on trans people. So, yes, super straights, I don't respect you and I don't respect that sexuality. Bye. If I found out today that these videos are not being produced in America, they're not being produced by just random people, that these are all being filmed in Beijing, in Xi Jinping's propaganda studio to disseminate throughout the West and destroy our civilization, I would be about 7% surprised. No, 3% surprised. This is really, (laughs) really bad. It is, and frankly, it's even worse if this is not just propaganda intended to destroy our civilization, because it means that our civilization's already been rotted out so much from the inside that this is just naturally happening. The claim here is that if, if you can tell the difference between a man in a dress and a woman, then you are a bigot. He's really saying you can't, no one can tell the difference, right? He, it doesn't, he looks like Marilyn Monroe, doesn't he? You couldn't tell the, line him up. You couldn't possibly tell the difference, right? And if you, if you want to uh, marry a woman instead of a man pretending to be a woman, well, that's, that's just evidence of your small mindedness. What? You mean because women can conceive children and men can't? Well, then what? So you would never marry an infertile woman? Well, what is, what do you even mean by that? What is, 
if you're telling me that the only difference between men in dresses and women is that women can produce babies, I mean, that's a pretty big difference, but there are other differences as well. This is clearly a disturbed individual. This is a man who's very, very confused about himself, about nature, and about the rules. He should be helped. A good society would try to help this guy, not to indulge his delusion and his fantasy. A healthy society should, should try to help the crack addict, not by giving him crack, not by giving him a crack pipe. The good society should try to help the thief, not by giving him Nikes and Gucci handbags, but by saying, no, don't do that. Uh-uh, that's bad. If you do that, if you're a thief, if you're a crack addict, if you mutilate your body, you're going to have a bad life. That's not going to help you flourish. And so we're going to help you by laying out the rules. Men are supposed to be men and women are supposed to be women and men cannot become women and women cannot become men. And men and women go together. They are complementary, and they, they come together and they form a marriage and then they can produce children. And not everyone can produce children. It's a fallen world. There are imperfections. We all suffer. We all carry our cross. But that's the, that's the way the world is ordered. There are rules. There is a purpose, not only to life broadly, but to the individual things in life. And we can know something about that purpose. And that's how we're going to order society. You're not allowed to say any of that. You're not, if you try to help that guy right now, if you sat him down and said, hey, Buster, you are not a woman. It is not wrong or unjust or bigoted for a dude not to want to sleep with you. You need to, you need to stop pretending to be a woman because it's not helping you or anyone else. And we're going to try to get you some counseling. If you did that in Canada, you would be arrested. If that, if that guy were your son and you did that in Canada, you would lose your son. You might lose your kid here in America in many places. If you were a teacher who said, Hey, you're not, we want to help you. And you'd be booted out. You'd be kicked out. You'd be fired. There's a law now in Canada if you sat down a guy who knows that he's a guy and said, hey, you're actually a woman, that would be totally fine. You sit down that guy who thinks he's a woman, you say you're a guy, you could be arrested for it. There are still rules. It's just that the rules are, are in the, the direction of delusion and falsehood. So the, the way we think of it now, the way on the left and on parts of the right, actually, is that the rules are bad. They don't let us be free. Look, if that man wants to pretend that he's a woman and mutilate himself, that's fine. That's his right, man. You know, hey, if the crack addict wants to smoke a bunch of crack, that's fine. And on the left, they say, we're going to pay for you to smoke the crack. And on the right, they say, don't make me pay for your crack, but you can go smoke crack if you want. But both of those are wrong. <laughs> don't smoke the crack, okay? That is, these are basic rules. If you're a man, don't mutilate yourself and pretend to be a woman. And if you're a crack addict, put down the pipe. Do not take the pipe. The rules are not oppressive. Repression itself is not oppressive. If repression is, is repressing bad desires that enslave you to bad appetites, the rules can be a great source of strength and comfort. Okay. We've got to have some boundaries around society, just like around a like a good ranch, you know, where you've got delicious, really high quality cattle. You need some boundaries around that. And when I, when I think about good ranches, I think about my friends over at Good Ranchers. 85% of the grass-fed beef in the United States is not from the United States. It's imported from overseas. But here's the catch. These foreign products are often labeled product of USA. How do they do that? That seems like a lie. Well, because if they're even minimally processed here, 
they get to say it's a product of USA. Do not pay a premium for low quality foreign meat. Good Ranchers sells 100% American meat and delivers it to your door for a great price. They sell only 100% American meat sourced from local American farms. Their beef is prime and upper choice, the highest quality possible. They got ribeyes, T-bones, New York strips, and more. I ate a couple of their strips the other night. It was absolutely fabulous. Loved it. They're pre-trimmed and pre-marinated, better than organic chicken breasts are also terrific. I just love them. Head on over to goodranchers.com slash Knowles today to solve your meat problem once and for all. Get the transparency, quality, and cuts you've been craving. Order now with code Knowles. Get 30 bucks off your box. Now is the time to support American farms and ranches. They are hurting and you are hungry. Great. It's a win-win. Solve it with a box of American meat delivered. Whoever buys the meat in your house, go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles today. If I found out that all these kooky TikToks are just propaganda coming out from China and Xi Jinping, I would not be surprised. Speaking of China, Nancy Pelosi has a message for the United States Olympians who are competing right now in China in the Olympics that not, not a single person in the entire world is watching. Nancy Pelosi says, yep, China, look, maybe you think China's a bad country. Maybe you op- oppose some of their political views, but I'm, t- I'm telling you now, I'm warning you, do not speak out against the Chinese government. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. This is total concern trolling. This is so disingenuous. Because what what she's saying is don't criticize China. Hey, guys, don't criticize China. But the reason you shouldn't criticize, it's for your own safety. Look, Look, maybe I respect your views, but just for your own safety, don't criticize China. I'm just looking out for you. That's not why Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are tamping down on criticism of China. It's not why they didn't stop the Chinese Olympics from going through. That's not why they are are still supporting the importation of lots and lots of goods from China and outsourcing jobs to China. The Democratic Party is completely in the pocket of China. The United States in many ways is in the pocket of China. China owns all of our debt. They manufacture, not all of our debt, but they own an extraordinary amount of our debt. They manufacture not all of our products, but an extraordinary number of our products. They're buying up a lot of resources in the United States and they own politicians. That's just what they do. They've exerted an incredible amount of influence over the past couple of decades on both parties, but especially the Democrat party. This is why when, when Donald Trump tried to even out trade between America and China, when he was engaging in that trade war, the Democrats were horrified. They were clutching their pearls. He who pays the piper calls the tune and the Democratic Party is owned by China. So now Nancy Pelosi says, look, just for your own good, just don't, don't criticize our overlords in Beijing. Please, please don't do it. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if she said this about the NFL players when they were protesting our own country? Oh, what a breath of fresh air that would be. Wouldn't that have been so wonderful if Nancy Pelosi had one one hundredth the concern for our own country and the disrespect it was being shown by athletes as she has for disrespect against communist China? If she said, hey, you 
ingrate athletes, you millionaires spitting on the American flag, you Colin Kaepernick's, all the rest. Hey, stand up, ingrates. Salute the flag. Love your country or get out of the country. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that would be so wonderful. But she would never do that. No, what did she do? She got down on her knee too. (laughs) Not in respect, but in disrespect of the Star Spangled Banner. We disrespect the stars and stripes and we salute Xi Jinping. We do not do that, but that is what the Democrats are doing. It's not, this is not just a one-off. It's not even purely ideological. It's a structural problem with the Democratic Party. Would never do it. BLM, disrespecting the flag. Speaking of racial politics, there's a new trailer for a new show on Showtime. It's going to delve into some of the racial issues in America. And I haven't seen the show yet. It hasn't come out. But from what I gather, the thesis of the show is that white people are really, really bad. I think what annoys me most about white people is when they pretend like they're the victim. (laughs) What's also annoying is when they, you know, when they kill us. What is fragile about whiteness when everything has been constructed around it? Every part of who I am has been distorted or criminalized. It's really just a bunch of white lies. (laughs) We're storming the Capitol! You're not patriots. You're ridiculous. One of the definitions of American whiteness is ignorance. White people, we are not your problem. You are. Should white people today feel any responsibility for slavery? (laughs) Hell yeah. White Jesus or black Jesus? Jesus was not white. Think of geography. Ain't no way Jesus walked around with blonde hair and blue eyes. Those white people. Those white people make me so mad. White people are, they're annoying, right? That's, that was one of the claims just in this, what, 60 second trailer. White people are annoying. They're stupid. They're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. You ridiculous white people. They're ignorant. That's the definition of whiteness. When you're white, you're ignorant. So claims this documentary on Showtime. You just, you're just, oh, and you're uh, enslavers. You enslave people. And you know what the most annoying part of all is when they play the victim. When they pretend that they're being victimized. You know, (laughs) it would seem to me (laughs) that if we're in a society now where the only racial group that you are permitted to legally discriminate against. Also, you can sort of discriminate against Asians in college admissions, though it's, that's, that's a little, that, that, that's only because the Asians got lumped in with the whites. That's being worked out in the courts right now. But if it, basically it's the only racial group you can legally discriminate against. And maybe more importantly, it's the only racial group that, that it is socially permissible to insult constantly, including on television. I think you, you might be the victim group. <laughs> Look, we're all, you know, it's a fallen world. We all suffer. We got to deal with it. No one should, should view themselves as a victim. But if one of these groups is going to be a victim and you're going to make claims about victim, it would seem that the, the, that the only racial group that you're allowed to discriminate against and go after and treat like second class citizens, th- that might be the victim group, right? I- imagine the show. I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to say it. Because it's so, it's so, you roll your eyes when you say, 
you know, imagine if the shoe were on the other foot. But imagine, just imagine for a second, you're watching the Showtime trailer and it says, you know the worst part about black people? You know what really annoys me about Mexicans? You'd go, you'd be sent to Gitmo. <laughs> you wouldn't just get your show canceled. You would be, you would be sent to some prison camp somewhere. That would be so socially unacceptable. Why? So why? Why does this happen? I think white people, I think they're the majority of America still, not by a lot, but still by a little bit. So why? Why is this? I th- the reason for it is that white people have a very low racial consciousness. There was a study that came out of Pew Research not that long ago that measured how important race was to someone's identity. And uh, for black people, it was over 70% said it was somewhat or very important. For uh, Hispanics and Asians, it was over 50%. And then for white people, it was 15%, just 15. So it's just very, very low. On the one hand, what the left claims is whiteness doesn't exist. White people, it's a completely fake racial made up category. And then on the other hand, they say, you are white. You can never escape your whiteness and you're evil because of your whiteness. And we're going to treat you differently because you're white. Obviously, those are contradictory things. And the left is just trying to have its cake and eat it too. You saw at the end, probably the most frivolous claim there was they bring up Jesus. You say, why are you bringing up Jesus when you're talking about your crazy racial diatribe? They say, man, people say that Jesus is white. No, no, actually what they say is Jesus say that Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, people say that Jesus was white, but he wasn't white. Look at the geography. Insinuating what? That Jesus was black? He, Jesus is a Jew. <laughs> it's pretty clear. If you read the book, it's pretty clear. Jesus is a Jew. When you use the phrase Jesus was, that's usually a, a red flag that the person who is speaking does not know very much about Jesus or Christianity because Jesus lives. That is the essence of the story. <laughs> that's the essence of the religion is that he rises from the dead and lives. He is. He's the divine logic of the universe. He, he is the second person of the Holy Trinity. I I am that I am. Why do they bring up religion in this crazy racial diatribe? Because it always comes back to religion. I do not have a high racial consciousness. I do not consider politics primarily or at all really significantly through the lens of race. I consider it through the lens of religion. And in my religion, there is neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free, but all are one in Christ Jesus. That's the Christian view of things. The whole idea of racism and opposing racism. It comes out of Christianity. Every other civilization in the history of the world, everywhere on earth, is very, very, very racist. We're the only one that's not. And and now, because the left is attacking Christianity, trying to kick it out of our society and out of the public square, this is what you're getting. You're going to get more of it. More black identitarianism, more Mexican identitarianism. You're probably going to get more white identitarianism too. That's the future they want. Do you want to be part of that? No. Well, if not, you need you need an alternative kind of pol- I think th- I think we had a good one, but the left wants to get rid of it. You know, when you want to hear all sorts of interesting conversations, I would strongly recommend you check out The Jordan Harbinger Show. It's about time you checked out The Jordan Harbinger Show, a top-shelf podcast named Best of Apple in 2018. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes to CEOs to government officials and to mobsters and FBI agents. Harbinger has an undeniable talent for getting his guests to share never-been-heard-before stories and thought-provoking insights. Without fail, 
He pulls out tactical bits of wisdom in each episode, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to better operate in today's world. He's got this strangely relatable weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where Jordan covers advice on everything from psycho family situations to relationships to networking. He gives great advice. I always really, really enjoy the show. You cannot go wrong with adding the Jordan Harbinger show to your rotation. Super interesting, never a dull show. Search for the Jordan Harbinger show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R as in really. Go check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I think you'll enjoy it. Also, this is very exciting. You can join me, Ben Shapiro, Jeremy Boring, Matt Walsh, and Andrew Clavin tomorrow night. 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central at Daily Wire's YouTube channel. The premiere of Shut In starts at 9 p.m. Eastern on the same channel. So make sure to tune in before then. Check out this trailer. Lainey, where have you been? Jessica. I can smell the weakness from here. You had your way. No, stop. Let me out, please. No. My kids. Your daughter. She's very pretty. I'm scared. The movie premieres tomorrow, February 10th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central over Daily Wire's YouTube channel. Make sure you click the link in the description, turn on the notification bell so that you don't miss it. Because after the premiere, it will only be available to Daily Wire members. We will be right back with a lot more. There was a terrible racist attack on a a campus in Illinois. Terrible racist attack uh, on a black female student at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. Uh, This uh, young woman uh, found racist messages written on the door of uh, her dorm. And uh, there were two white students who were accused of perpetrating this crime and there were many calls for them to be expelled. What did the notes say? The notes said, die, B-I-T-C-H. They said, black people don't belong. As a result of this, some black activists on and around the campus rallied for the expulsion of these two white students for perpetrating this, this horrible crime. Guess what happened? I don't even need to tell you. You already know this story plays out again and again and again. The girl wrote the messages herself. It was a hoax. It didn't happen. The minute I saw this story, I knew it didn't happen. I knew it didn't happen. The minute the left saw this story, they said, this is evidence, white supremacy. The Klan is showing up again. These are neo-Nazi anti-black skinheads. I said, no, I think it's a hoax. And I was right. You know, I hate to say I told you so. I was totally right. Uh, they, uh, what is being reported now by the College Fix, uh, this uh, black student has been charged with three counts of disorderly conduct for filing a false police report. What was the false police report? The false police report was about these attacks. Uh, th- there have been so many of these hoaxes. These hoaxes occur all the time. I have a chapter of my book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, about these hoaxes. A lot of racial hoaxes, a lot of sexual hoaxes. So 
what does this tell us? Well, it tells us some good news. It tells us that white, su- white supremacism, which we were told is the central scourge, the great injustice of America, it doesn't exist. It's fake. Lump it away with the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny. If white supremacism were real, people wouldn't have to make it up. This girl wouldn't have to make it up. It, the many, many, many hoaxes that have occurred in re- recent years would not have to be made up. Jesse Smollett would not have to hire two Nigerian men from a bathhouse to put on MAGA hats and say, this is, this is Trump country, and then attack him while he was holding his Subway sandwich. Wouldn't have to do that because there would, there would be the Klan, wouldn't there? There'd be neo but it doesn't, that's not real. The reaction that people have to these stories is a really good barometer of their ability to perceive reality. I remember uh, years ago, maybe right after Trump won, a friend of mine, very liberal friend of mine said, Michael, I was driving, I was driving down La Brea in LA and I, no, he might've even been in a, in a nicer part of town. I was driving and I saw someone wrote the N word on a sign, you know, get out N word or some, something to that. effect. Mike, can you believe this is Trump's America? This is Trump's America. People are doing this. So hold on. West Hollywood is Trump's America. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of downtown Chicago being MAGA country. What do you No, Michael, it's the people feel emboldened. They feel, no, do you know what it is, pal? It's a hoax. It's a hoax. And of course there were all of these attacks, people painting all sorts of things, you know, racial epithets on black churches and, and what story after story after story, they were hoaxes to say, well, yeah, look, these incidents are false, but it gets to the deeper truth of how racist and terrible America is, especially under Trump. No, what it gets to, it gets to your dishonesty. What it gets to is the huge chasm between your delusions of what America is and the reality of what's going on here. It's a really good barometer. And you're, you're, you are seeing this play out. There, there's a story, Michelle Malkin, who is a, a longtime political commentator, she was, uh, for a long time, very mainstream conservative. She's gotten a little fringier in, in recent years. And uh, she has just been now booted out of Airbnb. Neither she nor her husband are allowed to stay at any Airbnbs from now on. I don't know if they're traveling. Uh, pretty soon, they're not going to be permitted public accommodations. Why? Well, it's because Michelle Malkin spoke at the American Renaissance Conference. American Renaissance is a white identitarian conference. And uh, t- I guess it took place last month or, or a couple of months ago. I guess, no, you know what? This, this was from, yes, this was from the end of 2021. And they, Airbnb writes, Airbnb's community policies prohibit people who are members of or actively associate with known hate groups. Due to your promotion and participation in a known white nationalist and white supremacist conference, we've determined that we will remove your account from Airbnb. This is consistent with action we've taken to ban people associated with this conference in recent years. And they're banning her husband too, because sometimes she would book, book hotels under her husband's name. So Michelle Malkin is not allowed to stay at a new kind of hotel because She's a, a white supremacist and a neo-Nazi, right, basically. Now, the, the complicating factor for this is that Michelle Malkin is not white. Michelle Malkin is Filipina. 
So it's kind of strange for her to be a white supremacist as a Filipina. And it's, it's really strange for her to be a neo-Nazi because her husband is a Jew. So things aren't quite matching up to the reality here, are they? She did speak at this conference though, and the conference has a huge focus on race and it's a white identity group. There's no question about that. I'm not disputing that at all. you, You can call it racist, sure, but it's no more racist than any of the other racial identitarian groups. Certainly no more racist than Black Lives Matter. Certainly no more racist than any of these other racial groups on the left. And, and by the way, it has the advantage over, say, BLM or Antifa of not having ever burned the country down, to my knowledge. To my knowledge, they don't go out and commit lots of crimes or anything or arson or murder. They go, they have their conference, they talk about race. And that, will, that is enough to have you completely ostracized from the public square. But if you do the same thing on the left with the same kind of racial identity, or really, frankly, even more so, you're applauded. I do not think that racial identity is the best way to view politics. I think it's kind of a creation of modernism, of of modernity, this idea that you view things primarily through race. I think it's probably a much wiser idea to view politics through religion and specifically through Christianity, the religion that built our entire civilization. And when our civilization was healthy and thriving, it was a Christian civilization and Christianity tamps down racism, uniquely tamps down racism because all are one in Christ Jesus. So I think we should do that. If you lose that, though, if you, if you lose that, if you say, no, we're not a a Christian civilization anymore. We don't even believe in God anymore. We just believe in stuff. And on the left, what that means is we're just bags of chemicals and, and we exist to get derived pleasure and kind of screw around with whoever we want. And on the right, you just say, and there are plenty of people on the right who say, look, we can't know anything about God. We can't know anything about even morality or ethics. All we can know is that we're material beings and we need to increase our economic output and consumption, right? All, we ju- we're just going to order society toward being able to buy more stuff. They're, they're both kind of the same idea on the left and the right. It's just, yeah, we just, we're just kind of going to order society around materialism. Well, this is what you're going to get, okay? <laughs> this is the consequence. If you just make everything about ma- matter, then this is what you're going to get. Or, by the way, you're going to get the complete opposite problem. You're going to get the transgenderism problem, which is you're going to say matter doesn't matter at all, and we're just purely spirits and we can just, we, we, we can mutilate our bodies to, if we're men and pretend that we're women or better yet, we can just plug our brain stems into the matrix and we're going to all live in virtual reality where our bodies and matter has no, no meaning whatsoever. The traditional idea of civilization that we're body and soul inextricably linked here in reality, that's gone. Nobody is allowed to believe that anymore. <laughs> Only those backward minded Christians and Jews and Muslims, I guess, you know, only those backward minded religious people believe that. But but we, smart moderns, we believe either one of these contradictory kooky things. Well, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing this right now with the development of the metaverse. So Facebook, which has changed its name. Now it's called Meta. And they have the metaverse. And we're all going to live in this virtual reality. And we're all just going to be little cartoon characters in a, a kind of video game world while we put our goggles on and sit alone in our little pods in our apartments. But we're going to live in this really fun silly virtual world with a big screen. Well, they're noticing there are some moral problems here as well. Actually, Meta just put put sexual harassment guidelines in place. 
in virtual reality. They announced, quote, today we're, we're announcing personal boundary for Horizon Worlds and Horizon Venues. Uh, personal boundary prevents avatars from coming within a set distance of each other, creating more personal space for people and making it easier to avoid unwanted interactions. I called this, you know how much I hate to say I told you so, I totally called this when there was a video of what this virtual reality world looked like. The, the creepiest thing about the video was that no one had any legs. They were just all kind of floating. They were just torsos up to their heads. And everyone is scratching their heads. They said, why, why aren't there any legs? Why isn't there anything below the navel? And I said, it's, it's to prevent sexual harassment. They're, they're going to actually de-sex all the people, which we're already starting to do in our regular society. And we've been doing for 50 years <laughs> through the sexual revolution, through second wave feminism, through the LGBT LMNOP movement now saying that men can be women and women can be men. We've been trying to take sex away from human nature. And now you're just seeing that represented in virtual reality. Why? Because you know what's going to happen. People put on those goggles and they say the moral universe doesn't matter and they're all going to get a little grab happy with the avatars. And that's exactly what happened. So now Meta is adding this boundary. So you cannot go up and pinch your friend in, in the metaverse. And you know what I say to that? That's a good idea. <laughs> that's a good idea. I think the rules are helpful. I think it is good to have boundaries. The, the, the worst thing that could happen with virtual reality is you put on the goggles and you say, I'm, now I'm living in a world where there are no rules and it's not real. It's not really real. It's like kind of a little bit real. I am using my free will, but you know, I'm not, it's not like, in, it's not real life. It's not real stuff. So I'm just going to go and, and indulge whatever sick fantasies I have, whether that's killing a bunch of people, whether that's doing lots of creepy sex stuff, whatever that is, I'm going to indulge all of my delusions because it's just pretend world. It's like a lucid dream, you know, but it's not going to have real effects. That's not good. That's very corrosive <laughs> to the human soul to indulge that stuff all the time. The left thinks it's helpful. The, the, the left believes that's the way to cure social pathologies. It's, yeah, no, blow off that steam. Go smoke that crack. Go indulge your weird sexual stuff. Go, but that isn't. You need the rules. I'm, I applaud Facebook. If we're all going to live in this metaverse hellscape, then I at least think there ought to be some good rules conducive, conducive to public morals and virtue. That, that sounds fine. Speaking of creepy sex stuff and manifestations of evil, there's a video of a woman who was arrested down on our southern border for human smuggling. And you know what goes on. There was a study came out from the Huffington Post, Fusion, Amnesty Inter International, some years ago, it said that 60 to 80% of women and young girls who are smuggled across the southern border are sexually assaulted on the journey. A lot of them are put into sexual servitude, indentured servitude, prostitution. And so one of these, these criminals, one of these human smugglers was arrested. Take a, take a listen to her reaction to the authorities. She's going to close the door. Stay right there before we move. <laughs> She's just growling at them. They're trying to close the door. She's growling like Gollum in Lord of the Rings, like a like a demon. They can't close it. Get your foot back in there. Get your foot back in there. Ma'am. Ma'am, we're gonna have to tase you. You're not gonna like that. I understand what you're telling me. She won't go. You've got these huge guys, these huge border patrol agents, and they can't put 
push this lady who's to, uh, channeling some sort of demon back into the van. This is the moral reality of evil. Okay, this is a reminder that evil is not just some physical, some, some metaphysical abstraction from physical reality. It's not just the way that we talk about things in the physical world, you know, and we just try to use it as a symbol to make sense of things. No, it, there's evil, there's real evil. And sometimes people just talk like demons. And sometimes people do evil things like smuggle little girls and force them into prostitution. It's, and it's just, and, it's, and it, it can't just be indulged and it can't just be mollified and it can't just be slightly kind of rehabilitated. Evil has to be repulsed. It has to be rejected outright. You've got to acknowledge that. Evil affects physical reality. This is why when you've got the precious and the precious, it contorts your body. It may, if you, this is why when people do drugs and drugs and drugs, they just start to look bad. You can see the physical effects of this. And we've got to say, it's a beautiful two-letter word that we seem to have forgotten. We've got to say no. Speaking of being held to account for the bad things that people do, Joe Biden's science advisor has just been fired. Not Dr. Fauci. I wish it were Dr. Fauci, though we've got some great updates there. You know, I have the Michael Knowles Public Health Protection Pledge to, for all federal candidates to say they will investigate Dr. Fauci and zero out his salary. If they can't fire him, they can at least take away his salary. We've got dozens and dozens of candidates who have signed this. We've got some, some interesting Pretty big news on that coming down the pike, so stay tuned. Uh, no, but unfortunately, it was not Fauci who got fired. It was this other guy. There, there was uh, the top science advisor, Dr. Eric Lander, has been under fire for allegedly mistreating his staff, and he is now officially resigned. He, he said, quote, I have sought to push myself and my colleagues to reach our shared goals, including at times challenging and criticizing. But it is clear that things I said and the way I said them crossed the line at times into being disrespectful and demeaning to both men and women. That was never my intention. Nonetheless, it is my fault and my responsibility. I will take this lesson forward. So kind of a mealy-mouthed, squishy way to quit. I totally take responsibility. I just tried too hard. Uh, It's like in the job interview. What's your greatest weakness? My greatest weakness is I care too much. I just work too hard. I can't strike a work-life balance. I, but okay, but I, but I take responsibility and he's gone. And this after days and days of criticism, because Joe Biden said, I'm never going to tolerate anyone being a bully on my staff, being abusive or disrespectful. We're not going to tolerate that here. And then he had been tolerating it, tolerating it from this top science advisor. So then he gave the top science advisor the boot. That doesn't solve the problem. This top science advisor was not the biggest bully in the Biden White House. The biggest bully in the Biden White House is Joe Biden. Joe Biden gave a speech a couple of weeks ago in which he said that half the country were akin to Nazis, to Bull Connor, to vile, evil, terrible, bigoted, unjust people. Half the country. Joe Biden just told outright lies about people. Joe Biden, who said that Mitt Romney, whose most ambitious campaign pledge was to cut taxes a little bit. Mitt Romney wanted to put black people back in chains. Joe Biden, who took a 17-year-old kid who was being chased down by Antifa lunatics, by felons and pedos, and then in self-defense shot them. Joe Biden started his presidential campaign by calling that kid a white supremacist with no evidence whatsoever. And then he was ultimately exonerated at trial. The biggest bully here is Joe Biden. 
and we should not let him, his personnel decisions, moving around a couple of people, have us lose sight of that. This guy, everything that he ever accused Donald Trump of, he has got it 10 times over. Now, on the other side of accountability, so you got the science advisor, he's got to be held accountable, he's got to go. On the other side, you've got certain disgraced politicians who are now being rehabilitated. Our, our friends, those hens at The View, are trying to rehabilitate, as some of us called it a, a number of months ago. You know, I hate to say I told you so. The, the hens at The View are trying to rehabilitate LoveGov, Andrew Cuomo. There are reports that he's strongly considering a return to politics, maybe even running for attorney general against the woman who took him down, Letitia James. Cuomo has always denied any allegations against him, and he was never found guilty of a crime, to be fair. But can he come back from this scandal? Because he, he kind of lost a lot of his mojo in the public eye even if he wasn't actually convicted. I don't know that he lost a lot of support from New Yorkers. I think if no. you ask um, the majority of New Yorkers, they feel that he did a good job as, as governor, especially handling, handling the pandemic when the Trump administration was not handling it well on a federal oh, level. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think there's the other thing that he said uh, during his uh, interview, I think, with, uh, some, uh, with Bloomberg, he said that... Uh, Tisha James was, this was a sort of a political prosecution. And I think there is something there, you know, where there's some smoke, there's fire. Am I living in an alternate reality that New Yorkers love Andrew Cuomo? He did a great job handling COVID. This was, he, he didn't deserve to be kicked out. He, he did a, he's, no, we've already, We've already been through that. We've already been through Chris Cuomo and CNN and everybody saying Andrew Cuomo was the greatest, greatest governor on, on COVID and, and Ron Death Santos was the worst governor on COVID. And then we got the numbers and it turned out that, that Andrew Cuomo's policies directly led to the deaths of thousands and thousands of elderly New Yorkers in nursing homes because he sent sick people to nursing homes. And then on top of that, while Andrew Cuomo knew that his policies were killing people, he took millions and millions of dollars to write a book about how great he was on COVID and then used state resources to help write the book and then tried to avoid getting an investigation from the federal government, which knew that he was cooking the numbers on the dead senior citizens. Andrew Cuomo was the single worst governor in the country on COVID. The, the death numbers, the hospitalization numbers were right there at the very tippy top of the country. He was always in the top handful of states for all of those things. And when you get down to his personal decisions, they were worse than anybody else. And then what happened? They kicked him out of office for a sex scandal. And I said at the time, I said, this is a distraction. Don't let them get away with this. They're going to have him go away for a little while and say, well, maybe he pinched his secretary. But it's, it didn't go anywhere. They didn't end up prosecuting him. Now you've got people defending him saying, well, there was never any proof he did this. I said, it's all convenient. The whole reason they're doing it is to distract from the real scandal, which is COVID. And now they're going to try to bring him back. That's what they're trying to do now. That was never the real scandal, but they're going to do it because Andrew Cuomo always sticks up for the liberal establishment. He's, he, he's in the club and they're going to try, and he might, he might run for attorney general, which was the old job he had. He might run for governor again. Do not let them get away with this kind of stuff. They are, they're, they're never going to pay any accountability. It's amazing that you're seeing this on the Joe Rogan week. Joe Rogan, who has a much better record on COVID than Andrew Cuomo, by the way, by orders of magnitude. Joe Rogan contradicts the left-wing narrative 
and they go after him and they throw the kitchen sink at him. And they said, if you quoted, if you quoted someone else saying the N word a dozen years ago, your career has to be over. Oh, but Andrew Cuomo, you, I don't know, maybe may or may not have pinched your secretary or done whatever. And also you killed thousands of New Yorkers. That's a little bit worse. That's fine. You're cool. You're on the team. You're on, do not, do not let them get away with this. Tune out. They want, they think, they think we're all smoking crack. They want, they, they think we're all smoking crack. If we're going to believe this, they want us all to smoke crack. They want us to be mired in delusion and vice. Don't do it. You're not going to get a good society that way. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles show. We'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022.